Understanding mental health struggles can be tough. That's why I created Therapy in a Nutshell, to help make complicated therapeutic topics easy to understand and learn. I'm Emma McAdam, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Therapy in a Nutshell podcast. These episodes don't replace the need for mental health professionals or the advice given by doctors, but they provide options, resources, and skills that can help you in your journey to better your own mental health or help those around you who may be struggling. If you want to find more resources or if you want to learn about courses I offer on specific mental health topics, please stop by my website at therapyinanutshell.com. Now, let's jump into this week's skill. The number one most common complication after giving birth is postpartum anxiety, but almost no one is talking about it. It's more common than infection, hemorrhage, or postpartum depression, but no one mentions it. When you're in the hospital after giving birth, they take all of these measures to prevent a baby from getting stolen, which is great. I mean, that would be awful, but it's also an exceptionally rare situation. And they educate you on, uh, car seats, uh, safe clothing and bedding for your child. They teach you about purple crying. They teach you about taking care of your postpartum body. They even address postpartum depression. But I never heard a word about postpartum anxiety in the four times I gave birth, neither at my hospital, at my OB, or at my pediatrician, all of whom do regular screenings for depression, by the way. But postpartum anxiety is super duper common. About one in five women experience heightened anxiety to the point of distress postpartum. And it can make a new mom feel like her world is falling apart. But postpartum anxiety is not your fault and it is treatable. So let's talk about it and what we can do about it. Your brain physically and chemically changes when you have a child. I became more tender, more sensitive to other people and situations after my first child. Um, I remember with her, I was surprised at how the sound of her crying elicited like this physical reaction inside of me. But I also became more anxious. I was never really a backseat driver or an anxious passenger before I had kids. But after having my first child, I felt like so much fear about something bad that could happen to her. I think that my anxiety jump was within normal levels. I, I don't think it led to a disorder for me, but it was absolutely noticeable. And, and there were times when I felt sure that something terrible was bound to happen. Now, it's normal to have new worries when you become a parent. Uh, you worry if you're a good parent. You worry if your child is safe and healthy. You worry if they're hitting their milestones. But when anxiety becomes extreme, it can make it really hard to take care of yourself or your baby. And I have friends and family members who have struggled with severe anxiety after giving birth, even when they didn't have any change in their anxiety when they had other children. Another person I know felt constantly on edge after having her fourth child. She couldn't sleep, she couldn't eat, and in some ways it tipped her over the edge into an anxiety disorder. And for a while she just really struggled to function. I recently read the story of another mom who said, after the first few weeks, I began to worry more intensely. I had read about SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome, and now I constantly worried that he would die in his sleep. I never let him out of sight. Even while he was sleeping, I checked on him every five minutes to make sure he was breathing. I couldn't sleep at night because I had to constantly watch him. And that lack of sleep led to spiraling anxiety. 
I was convinced that he would die or have cancer or that social services would get called on me because he was a bad sleeper. And I cried a lot. She said, I worried about everything. And this whole time, his entire first year, I thought this was perfectly normal. I thought all new moms worried like me. I assumed everyone felt the same way and had the same concerns, so it never crossed my mind that I should talk to someone about it. I didn't know I was being irrational. I didn't know what intrusive thoughts were. I didn't know that I had postpartum anxiety. One study showed that at least 18% of women experienced postpartum anxiety, and it's probably much higher than that because it's underreported. And of the women with anxiety, 35% of them had postpartum depression as well. So let's help people learn the signs of postpartum anxiety so that they know to get the support that they need. So here are the signs and symptoms. You've got constant worry or dread, worry about the baby's safety, health, and development, feeling on edge, like something's about to go wrong, um, excessive worry about your ability to handle being a parent, irritability, uh, sleep disruption. Uh, you can't sleep because you're worried, right? Not just because the baby wants to wake up every 45 minutes for a snack. Um, racing thoughts, intrusive thoughts. So that includes thoughts like, oh, what if I hurt my child? What if I drop my child? You know, something like that. Physical symptoms like feeling shaky, trembly, jittery, uh, stomach aches, headaches, sweating, uh, shortness of breath, etc. And all of this usually occurs within the first couple weeks after birth, but it can be triggered much later, even after you wean the baby. And some women experience symptoms of panic attacks or OCD. Now, over 50% of new parents have recurrent intrusive thoughts, uh, fears of them harming the baby, like, oh, what if I drop the baby? So this is pretty normal. But for some people, this can lead to postpartum OCD, where obsessive thoughts and compulsions become overpowering. And compulsions are actions that are repeated to stop the anxiety. So these might include things like um, frequent checking, frequent cleaning, or ordering things. Lots of new moms feel more anxious after having a baby, but it becomes a disorder when it's very intense, when the fears are irrational, and the anxiety actually interferes with your ability to function. So for example, the thought, oh, I have to stay awake at all times to watch my baby, that can lead to severe sleep deprivation, and that's gonna make it harder to take care of yourself and the baby. Okay, so let's talk about what causes postpartum anxiety. Your brain physically changes during pregnancy, uh, after birth, and with nursing. And I personally think that these changes serve important functions. So during pregnancy, your brain shrinks, especially the verbal part of your brain. And this change may help you communicate with your new nonverbal little cute thing that you're taking care of, right? When you nurse or nurture your child, prolactin and oxytocin flow, and this helps you create a bond, an attachment. If we didn't have that heart and soul and body bond, you know, some days it would be easier to abandon than to raise a child. And I personally believe that the heightened anxiety postpartum that so many women experience, that these brain changes may be an evolutionary response to transform a woman into a more protective figure. You know, being anxious about your kids does serve a function. Anxiety isn't just something bad that happens to you. The function of fear and anxiety is to help you keep yourself and others safe. So if a mom worries about her child choking on a hard food, she'll avoid giving them that food. 
If a mom imagines her child being harmed by being too cold or too hot, she'll help regulate the temperature. And when a baby cries and a mother feels anxious and then responds with more nurturing and soothing and, and feeding, then the baby learns that the world is safe and that people are safe and, and that they're lovable. So imagine a completely unanxious mother, right? She doesn't care when her baby cries. She doesn't worry when her toddler's left unsupervised by a busy road. She feels no anxiety about him getting too cold alone in a car. That child is in danger. So anxiety serves a function, but when it becomes too overwhelming, it can suck away your joy. It can interfere with your ability to bond with your child, or it can lead to avoidance behaviors, right? Like never going out, not letting your child play, or not getting you know, normal life experiences. It can lead to feeling physically or emotionally sick, and it can contribute to overwhelm and depression. So do hormones cause it? You know, hormones may be one factor that contributes to postpartum anxiety, uh, estrogen and progesterone levels increase 10 to 100 times their normal levels during pregnancy, and then they drop to essentially zero within 24 hours of delivery. And this can make you more sensitive to stress and can cause you to feel overwhelmed, uh, fearful, or panicky. But it's not, it's not just hormones, right? Every woman goes through crazy hormonal changes with pregnancy. So why do some people get anxiety and others don't? Well, we don't know all the answers, but if you have a history of mood changes around your period, you're more likely to have anxiety postpartum. So that does indicate that hormones play a role. Other factors that contribute to postpartum anxiety include um, a history of losing a baby to miscarriage or another loss, a family or personal history of mood disorders, and uh, life stressors. So, you know, I mean, having a baby is stressful. There's new roles, there's more strain on your time, and there's more strain on your finances. But um, any life stressors can contribute to you being more likely to develop an anxiety disorder. There's also the issue of social pressure. You know, you might feel pressure to be the perfect mom or to look a certain way or to recover within a certain time. There's also certain personality types that are predisposed, and these include people with uh, rigid or type A personalities, uh, perfectionists, and highly sensitive people. So what do we do about it? Going through intense mood changes is pretty normal within the first few weeks after having a baby, but if intense new symptoms persist for more than a few weeks, definitely get some support. Anxiety really is treatable, and if it's left untreated, then it can, it can hang around indefinitely. So I would say start by talking with a friend or family member who understands and can, can help you. This could be a spouse, you know, a sister, a friend, or an aunt. Um, the next piece of advice is advice that I hate, right? I kind of hate it when people tell me this, but you've got to get some sleep. And this is hard when you have a baby. You've got to ask someone else to watch your baby while you sleep. And you've got to find chunks of sleep that are as long as possible. Like if you can get one four hour period of sleep per day, that can help with this anxiety because anxiety and mood issues really are closely connected to uh, a sleep deficit. The next thing that's important is to try to get good nutrition. Keep taking your prenatal vitamins, um, consider other ways to get lots of fruit and veggies into your diet because your body is pretty depleted after being pregnant and having a baby. 
And then I would say get professional support. Your doctor, your pediatrician, your OB, or a therapist can all help you find the support that you need. Uh, in my area, there's a practice that treats women during the postpartum period, and they have these support groups and education groups, and they also have individual therapy. And the nice thing about them is they're catered to new moms, so you can bring your newborn, and they also have childcare for the older kids as well. So that's like a best case scenario, but even just getting any support from your doctor or therapist is gonna be really helpful. Therapy can change how you respond to anxiety and that can lead to lasting positive changes. Uh, medication can also be a good option. Uh, SSRIs are generally considered safe while breastfeeding and the benefits of having a healthy mom for the child might outweigh any possible side effects. There's other effective treatments for anxiety and, and these include um, exercise, mindfulness, relaxation techniques, yoga, and acupressure. And, and this last point is really important. It's important to get some social time. You, um, you know, transitioning to being a mom can be really isolating. So make an effort to hang out with other people, to hang out with other moms. They can give you a lot of support. Being social also can really help with your mood. Now, transitioning to being a new parent can be really difficult but you really can get feeling better. So don't beat yourself up for having anxiety. Have a little self-compassion, be gentle with yourself and reach out for a little support to help you get through this. I know you can do it. Thank you for watching and take care. When things get stressful, do you find yourself coping in unhealthy ways like overeating, venting, or just avoiding things altogether? These strategies may work in the short term, but eventually they'll end up causing more problems than they solve. Imagine what it'd be like if you had the skills to work through tough emotions without losing it. My online course, Coping Skills and Self-Care for Mental Health, takes you through the process of creating your own healthy coping and self-care routine. You'll learn to identify triggering situations, manage intense emotions, you'll learn to calm your stress response, and build your own personalized coping skills list so that you can handle different situations. By the end of the course, you'll show stress, anxiety, and depression that they don't run your life because you'll have the skills to manage emotions in healthy ways. If you want to learn more about coping skills and self-care, just click the link in the description to learn more about this cool course. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something you can add to your daily routine that makes your life just a little bit better. If you want to learn more about topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain, how to build better relationships, or support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. And if you feel like these podcasts have been a benefit to you, please leave a rating so others can more easily find this content. Thank you so much and have a great day.